Heavenly Father, we ask that as you sow that holy seed, that our hearts would indeed bring forth that holy harvest, that we would see your glory. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we tuned into the match of the day highlights of one day of Jesus' teaching. And the main focus last week was on the parable of the sower, how the same seed is scattered over different sorts of soil, but the soils produce vastly different responses. And then we got the inside track as we listened to Jesus explain to the disciples what the parable is all about. The sowing of God's word and how people respond to it. On much of the day they include bits from each of the games that have taken place that day. And so from our reading this morning we see that it's further highlights from that same day of teaching. Uh, if you open the Bible to page 1006, uh, it would be good to have it open in front of you. And verse 33 at the end of our reading, uh, it says, With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. And so we're getting at the highlights uh, with many similar parables. Uh, We're getting to listen in as Jesus speaks the word, as he sows that good seed. Uh, There were many parables, but Mark is giving us these four so that we can hear Jesus' word. So that his word will produce a harvest in us and among us. That harvest theme, it seems a bit strange, doesn't it? Singing harvest hymns in March. Uh, But that harvest theme comes in the two kingdom parables, which we'll come to in in a moment or two. But first, Jesus gives us two parables to encourage us to listen up. And to encourage us to think about the word that we're hearing. So maybe over the past week you've been pondering the parable of the sower. You've been thinking about which of the soils you are. You've been reflecting on the ways in which you sow the seed of the word. And the responses that you have seen when you've done that. Well, here in this first parable, Jesus is encouraging us to keep pondering, keep thinking about what we've heard him say. In verse 21, then he asks a question. He says, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? So even though there's a queer stretch in the evenings these days and the days are getting longer uh, there still comes a time when you need to turn on a lamp and for us it's normally electric 
at just a flick of the switch. But for the people hearing Jesus that day, it would have been an oil lamp. But the principle is the same, whether it's electric or whether it's oil. Uh, the principle is this. Would you turn on a lamp and then cover it up or put it under the bed? Would you? Have we all gone to sleep this morning? <laughs> Would you do that? No. no. Thank you. Uh, of course not. What good would it be to turn on a lamp and then to cover it up or to put it under the bed? Uh, Jesus then continues there, still in verse 21. He says, instead, don't you put it on its stand. Uh, with uh, electric lamps, they're probably already in place on a table or a unit. Uh, with oil lamps, they would be put on a stand. Then why do you do that? It's so that things can be seen. Jesus says, verse 22, for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now I must confess that I've been struggling to grasp what Jesus is saying here. It's not very clear or obvious, is it? And especially at trying to work out how it fits into what Jesus is saying in this group of parables. But I think that I've got it now. And I think that it helps us to see actually what Jesus is saying. So have you ever heard of a light bulb moment? Have you ever had a light bulb moment? Yeah, it's that moment when you suddenly get it. Uh, when you realise what something means, the Collins English Dictionary defines it as a moment of sudden inspiration, revelation or recognition. And so before that light bulb moment, we're in the dark about something. But now we can see it and understand it. And just as God's word is like seed, which is sown in our hearts, God's word is also a light or a lamp. It shines in our darkness. It helps us to see. So remember last week, uh, turn back a page, verse 11, that Jesus said to the disciples, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Jesus is encouraging all who hear to think about what they've heard. He says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Because it's as we think about it, as we, as we ponder it, as we reflect on it, as we get to grips with it, God's word will turn on the light. And we'll understand. We'll get that light bulb moment or that oil lamp moment maybe for Jesus. As we hear what Jesus is saying. I wonder, have you ever had that when you've been reading your Bible or when you've been listening in church and you suddenly get it in a way that you've never seen before? That's what Jesus is encouraging us to do, to listen up and to understand. And the next parable then, verse 24, it builds on that encouragement to listen. And particularly, Jesus says, consider carefully what you hear. He says, think about it, because the more receptive you are, 
the more you'll be given. He says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Now these days we all know to bring along our shopping bags whenever we go to at Tesco or Sainsbury's or Asda or wherever you go to get your shopping. Uh, and so you, you normally know what you're planning to buy and so you have the right number of bags with you. Uh, but here the image is of something uh, being given out and you get as much as you're willing to receive. So imagine that grain is being given out. Uh, the bigger the bag or the container that you bring, uh, the more that you'll be given. Or imagine an all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, Whenever you go there, you make sure you go hungry, don't you? Uh, To get the best value out of that all-you-can-eat buffet. There'd be no point going to an all-you-can-eat buffet if all you want is one slice of toast. It'd be a waste. Or um, on BBC News yesterday, uh, there was a business in Croydon uh, which had 30 tonnes of buttons. They were going out of business. They didn't want to just put them in the landfill. And so they, they put out this request, does anyone want any buttons? And um, the idea was that the bigger the bucket you bring, the more you'll be able to take home with you. That's what Jesus is saying here. With the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. But what is being given out here is more precious than an all-you-can-eat buffet, and more precious than grain, more precious than buttons. What's being given out is God's words. The hungrier that you are for it, the more God will give you. The more that you take in, the more you will be given. One commentator suggests that while in primary school to be called big ears would be an insult, this is what Jesus wants us to have spiritually speaking so when you sit down to read your bible or when you come to church are your ears big are they ready to listen to take in what god is saying you see with the measure you use it will be measured to you so let's ask god to shine his light in our hearts to help us to grasp his word And let's ask God to give us big appetites and big ears to hear his word to us, no matter how big the storm is outside. Because when we do that, then we come to the promised harvest. This is how we'll produce the 30 and 60 and 100 fold crop from the parable of the sower. And we see the harvest in those two parables of the kingdom from verse 26 onwards. Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces corn. And then he says, as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest Has come. Jesus is teaching how the kingdom of God comes. 
At the start comes the sowing. The seed is scattered on the ground. And at the end comes the harvesting. By then the plant has grown and is ready and ripe. But how does it come about? Does it depend on the farmer? Well, Jesus says no. Not really. So long as the seed is sown, he doesn't really have anything else to do until harvest time. So whether he slept from sowing until harvest, the plant would still grow. Whether he tried to stay awake the whole time, he wouldn't make any difference to it. He doesn't even know how it works. He just knows that it does. Seed into soil equals a harvest. And building on the parable of the sower, uh, we know that the seed is the word. It's God's word. So when the word has been sown in the good soil, the harvest will come. You can depend on it. We can't do anything to help propagate the seeds. We don't need to keep digging them up to see if anything is happening below the surface. We can trust that God's word, sown in people's hearts, will bring a harvest. You might have heard Martin Luther's summary of of the Reformation and how it came about just over 500 years ago. He said this in a sermon in 1522, five years after the Reformation had started. He said, I simply taught, preached, and wrote God's word. Otherwise, I did nothing. And while I slept or drank Wittenberg beer with my friends Philip and Amsdorf, the word did the work. I did nothing. The word did everything. That was Luther's summary. I did nothing. The word did everything. Now I don't think that I like Wittenberg beer. Uh, I don't like any beer, but that's besides the point. But the question is, am I content to preach the word and let the word do the work? Are you content to share God's word and let it do the work. Because that is what Jesus is saying here. When we sow, the word grows and produces a harvest. In God's kingdom, his word is effective. But then Jesus goes on to show how in God's kingdom, his word is also exponential or beyond expectation. So look at verse 30. We're coming near the end. Jesus says, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants. With such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. The contrast here is between how, how it starts and how it ends up. You have the smallness of the mustard seed, something very tiny, just one or two millimetres across. It's so small, so unimpressive, it doesn't really look as if it would amount to much. 
And yet Jesus says it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, big enough for birds to perch in its shade. The smallest becomes the biggest. We've got a similar saying, haven't we? Great oaks from little acorns grow. And Jesus says this is what God's kingdom is like. It seems so small, so unimpressive. At this point, there was just Jesus and the 12 apostles. But history shows how that ragtag bunch grew into something much bigger. A while back, at Regatta Clothing Company, you know the one, all the waterproof coats and trousers and all that. We might need them today, but that's another story. Uh, a while back, Regatta Clothing Company uh, were running a special advertising campaign, looking back at the history of the company, how a group of people had started to make affordable outdoor products back in 1981. And here was their strapline. Listen to this. There were 12 of us. Now there are millions. Well, that could be the strapline for the church, couldn't it? There were 12 of us, but now there are billions. And it's because God's kingdom is like the mustard seed, starting small, but growing exponentially beyond all expectation. And you are invited to become part of this kingdom. And it comes about as God's word is sown and grows in your heart. As you hungrily hear God's word, as you want more and more of it. And as God gives you that light bulb moment of understanding, the harvest is coming. God's word is effective beyond all expectation. And so Jesus challenges us today. He says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to hear and to receive Jesus' word. We pray, Father, that you would indeed plant that word deep in our hearts. We ask that it would be a light so that we can understand what you're saying. We pray, Father, that you would give us that hunger for your word. That we would grow. That we would desire even more. Father, we thank you that you are inviting us and calling us to be part of your kingdom. We pray that we would indeed be found part of your kingdom on that great day of harvest. We ask this. In Jesus' name, amen.